With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When four friends from Washington, D.C.'s most elite prep school are hacked, they're thrust into a global conspiracy that threatens to expose D.C.'s most influential families. Meet the Daughters of D.C. Listen to Daughters of D.C. on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. iHeart Christmas Radio can go anywhere you go with the iHeart Radio app. But this year, listen at home through your smart speakers. Hello. Just tell Alexa to play iHeart Christmas Radio on iHeart Radio. iHeart Radio, number one for music, radio, and podcasting, all in one app. Hi, Billy Cunningham, the great American, back in the world. Had a quick vacation. I did not have COVID, by the way. There were rumors. I did not. I feel healthy as a horse, a healthy horse. But I tell you what, these are consequential times. Uh, joining you and I now is uh, Governor Mike DeWine of the great state of Ohio. And Governor Mike DeWine, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show this afternoon. And uh, first of all, how do you feel sitting here about 12.07 p.m.? How do you feel now about what's happening in Columbus and Cincinnati? I call it the Trump vaccine. It is the Pfizer vaccine. But nonetheless, Mike, how do you feel? Well, I feel great. Uh, you know, 10.47 this morning, we had our first shot in, in Ohio. Uh, Fran and I had the chance to uh, kind of be at the loading dock at Ohio State when it rolled in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we watched it on video at Ohio State, and then we watched it on video uh, link uh, at UC. And so, it's you know, look, this is a great day. Uh, each Each of the uh, hospitals got 975 doses. You know, that's that's just the beginning. And, uh, you know, it's good to see uh, nurses and doctors and first line uh, people getting getting the shot in this first in this first batch. So, you know, they're very, very happy. I mean, we know that we have a long way to go. We know that the vaccine is going to take a while to, you know, get it administered. But every day from now on, we're moving towards what we want. And that is for, you know, enough people in Ohio to be vaccinated to you know, to drive this virus to the, to the ground. And so every day that goes on, you're going to see more and more people vaccinated. Uh, we're going to start in the nursing homes, we think, on Thursday. Uh, we're waiting approval from the federal government, but, uh, you know, we're going to get our veterans home down in Georgetown. Uh, we're going to get to the veterans home up in Sandusky, and we're going to, you know, start in on, on, on the nursing homes. Uh, you know, the federal government uh, has, a, has a, basically a contract with, with four uh, companies, retail pharmacies, uh, 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 CVS and uh, Walgreen are the, are the two biggest ones. And, um, you know, they're going to start vaccinating people in our nursing homes this week. So uh, we're getting our, our frontline people, uh, the doctors and nurses and everyone. And it's not just the doctors and nurses. It would be anybody, uh, you know, would be eligible who works uh, close to COVID patients. And uh, so anyway, it's exciting. It's an exciting day. Governor, going back into February or March, there's always that, oh, my God, moment when you're in absolute leadership and you're at the top or bottom, depending on your perspective. And there's those moments in time that you had to have sat at your uh, governor's desk in Columbus. And when was it? Was it February, March, April, when, when you looked at yourself and said, oh, my God? And, and 
When was that moment, and how did you feel going back in time? Yeah, I don't know what what day that was, but uh, you know we we had to deal with it early in Ohio because we had to make a decision, and that was about the Arnold Classic. That's this big event uh, in Columbus every year, and nobody had closed anything down. Uh, But basically, uh, the Arnold Classic uh, brings in about 60,000 people from 80 different countries. Uh, And we looked at that and said, that's not very smart. (laughs) This is not what we want. And you caught some – Tony Bender and other people went after you pretty hard, saying you're an alarmist. Uh, this was an event that had to go. There were hundreds of millions of dollars. Arnold Schwarzenegger, et cetera. This was a big deal. And you took some hits for that. Oh, well, that's <laughs> takes a lot of hits as we go along. But that's, look, that's part of the deal. That's part of the deal being governor. But, uh, look, Ohioans did well. We got through the first phase, uh, that first surge in the virus uh, very well. We got the second one in June and July. But, you know, now, Bill, we're really getting hit hard. And, uh, you know, it's really uh, – I think people are doing a much better job in wearing masks. Uh, and, but we just – as we head into the Christmas time, uh, we just tell people, really be careful because this, this spread – I don't care. You know, if you're listening – if you can hear WLW, wherever you are, <laughs> whether it's Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio, uh, clear up the Ohio line up to Lima and that, that part of the state – uh, you're living in a county with a high amount of COVID and the highest amount of COVID you have probably had during this entire nine-month period of time. And so it, today's a day of optimism. Today's a day of hope. Uh, we got to get through the next few months, though, uh, before we get to the point where we get, you know, uh, enough people vaccinated. Now, the good news is we're going to get, we, we think, they've been told by the, the Trump administration about 660,000 doses uh, you know, over over the next two and a half weeks. Say that again. How, how many in, by by December thirty first? How many doses? Well, we should have received six hundred sixty thousand, and we think most of those. You know, our goal is to get them out just as quickly as we can. So, uh, you know, they're going to come. Uh, we're going to we're aiming at two big groups. Uh, just you know, this is how we save lives, and this is how we protect the people who are protecting us. And so that's the fr- the front line medical community that's out there working every single day uh we got to protect them and and at the same time we're going to you know start going to our nursing homes because over 50 percent of the deaths in ohio have come out of nursing homes so we're doing two things at once uh we're moving moving forward but uh, yeah 660,000 we hope uh in december and then you know those people will all get shots somewhere between three and four weeks a second shot between three and four weeks after after the first one my uh, governor what do you say about someone in a nursing home who's cognizant and, and i i know very well a nursing home operator and you, you know her too but i'm not going to mention her name what do you do when you have a resident in a nursing home that says no and this isn't a resident who, shall I say, is mentally impaired in some sense. What if you're 80, 85 years old, you're in physically good health relatively for that age, you're in a nursing home, and you have no mental acuity difficulties, and you say no. Are, are you, you going to order that, uh, that no. patient to get it? No, no, no. No, that's their decision. They have every right to make that decision. They have every right to say no. 
uh, you know, what we hope is that by education and information coming out uh, through the radio, through TV, that uh, everyday people are going to, you know, feel more comfortable uh, with this. I mean, look, here, here's the truth. This is we celebrate what happened today, but we've had thousands of people uh, get get these shots before now in the trial. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, you know, that's why the FDA was able to approve it. Uh, you know, what they have reported, uh, is that, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there might be, uh, you know, a day's worth of right. aches. Uh, you know, it's kind of like getting a flu shot. It sounds like to me, at least, uh, right. as, as they describe the descriptions, but there's no indication, uh, you know, they did make one alteration, as you saw, in regard to somebody who, you know, is has, you know, high degree of allergies. You know, I suppose someone who, uh, you know, if they get around peanuts that, you know, they, they got right. a real problem. If you're carrying an EpiPen, uh, you know, it sounds like uh, basically under the instructions you should not get this. But the, the, the goal, Bill, is, you know, first to get a, a percentage of people who have this, so that we eventually in Ohio get what everyone refers to uh, as herd immunity. And and the doctors that I've talked to say that's about 70%. Somewhere in the area of 70% is what they think. But uh, and So we're not going to get that for a while. But, no. but what we are doing, uh, you know, when those second shots start going uh, into the arms of people in nursing homes, we're all going to, frankly, breathe a sigh of relief because – you know, this is where we've seen the biggest number of deaths in well, these congreg- congregate care settings. And it's assisted living, and it would be the next one after the nursing homes. And But uh, anyway, that's that's. But at the same time, you know, we're protecting uh, our nurses. A story out of Dayton, uh, Dayton area, uh, last week, uh, a nurse uh, has had seven children, uh, and she got COVID and died. Uh, and she gave right. birth. Apparently, uh, to to one child, they just cesarean uh, took the child out early. Uh, child's doing fine, but the mom had COVID, and so she's left behind seven children. So, you know, that's the type of story that just uh, it just drives you crazy, and you just think, oh my God, how horrible is is this? And that's why you know people say, well, why you why you starting uh, you know with people in nursing homes, and then why are you also starting with with people who are nurses and doctors? And I think the answer is, look, uh, they're the ones who are risking their lives. Absolutely. We've we got, we got to do everything we can to protect them, and we can't get this out fast enough. <laughs> uh, Governor, as far as where to look, if you're in Ohio or Kentucky, Indiana, each state has its own protocols, Tier 1A, Tier 1B, then Tier 2. Uh, where does someone go to say, okay, Tier 1A, Tier 1B, Tier 2, and timing is going to be down the road because it might be three weeks, might be three months. Where is it uh, online where someone can go see where they fit in? And then secondly, here's the second big question. How do you know where to go? Let's say you're in tier 1B and you're 75 years old and you have a heart problem, you're living at home and you got pre-existing conditions. How do you get notified? Who notifies you to say, okay, report to Walgreens? How does that happen? Still working on it, Bill, because, you know, the, the first group, the, the A1 or 1A uh, group is pretty much aligned. Uh, it really is aligned with what the CDC said. So when you get to that, this first group, and, you know, first of all, Bill, it's going to take a while to get through. Uh, we think we have roughly in Ohio, these are rough numbers, about 350,000 people living in a congregate care setting, basically, who live in nursing homes, just living, et cetera. Uh, and, and that number, excuse me, I said it wrong. That number is 
the employees plus the residents. So it's roughly 350,000. So, you know, that's a big group of people. Right. Uh, and when you look at healthcare workers, it's even a bigger group, obviously. Uh, so it's going to take us a while to get through this 1A group. Uh, and, but what we're going to be doing, if anybody wants to see what that group is, they can go up on the CDC's website. They can go up on ours, the Ohio Health Department, and we've got those those groups listed. And, you know, we know who's going to get this out. I mean, for example, uh, our, some of our, e- our EMS people, they're going to get their shots through the local health department. The local okay. health department is going to do that. The people who live in nursing homes, they're going to get it primarily uh, with coordinating with us every day, but the, with, through Walgreen uh, and CVS, and they're taking that 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 task uh, on. If you work in a hospital system, yeah, uh, well, you're you're, set. Going, you're you're going to get it. You're going to get it through your own hospital. So ten hospitals got it today. Uh, excuse me, two hospitals got it today. We think eight more will get it tomorrow. Then next week, though, I think we're at 80 or 90 hospitals around the state, and they will be, you know, vaccinating their own people based upon what we've told them and what, of course, they want to do. It is With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Get the most the people who are the most vulnerable and work down. Yeah, from, so, so, so if, you're in a, if you're in a nursing home working as a resident or if you're in a, at the Christ Hospital, UC Medical, St. E's, you're already physically present. But as far as in the general population, right. so, you're not yeah, sure but, yet how you get no. notified. Uh, no, and we have to, you know, we're going to have to come up with the, the protocol of, 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 you know, who gets that. But it will go out. Uh, we expect a lot of that is going to go through health departments uh, in some communities. In some other communities, it may go to your local pharmacy. It may go to your local doctor. Uh, you know, once we get into a broad grouping, I mean, let's just make this up. Let's just say everybody over a certain age. Uh, you know, then that's going to be widespread distribution, and you know we're going to rely upon the you know the health uh, providers to only vaccinate those people in that particular group. Uh, you know, there's good news and bad news today. The good the good news is we've started, we're moving, uh, and you know we're all very excited about that. The bad news is there is there is scarcity at this point, and you know we're not used to in this country. Uh, rationing anything right. as far as health care. Right. But uh, we don't have a choice at this point. You know, my, my commitment and what I've told our team is, look, our job is to, when we get it, to get it out as quickly as we can, as safely as we can, uh, and, and, and move as quickly, 
you know, as we can based upon the priorities that that have been set. Today's the day. And as far as the anti-vax, I do this topic once or twice a year. I get vaccines when it's available to me to get my turn. I'm going to take I, I think I'd rather take the Moderna one than the Pfizer one. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, whichever one's available, I'm going to take. What do you say to those? Uh, I, I guess one third of us aren't going to get it. No matter what, you can't do it. Anti-vaxxer, the Jenny McCarthy crowd, and that thing is huge. I read in the New York Daily News that 50 percent of NYPD officers say they're not going to get it. I, I read in the New York Times that 30 percent of nurses are not going to get it. That gives me the idea that those on the front lines, most of them have already gotten it, by the way, and they don't need it. And so it's just like the president, the Trumpster says, I may not get it because I've already gotten it and I have the antibodies. And so can can your health department say if you're verified that you've had COVID-19, you have antibodies, should that person be skipped? Well, I think that's a, you know, that's an interesting question. I think the protocol, as we understand the protocol, is that that person would not be would not be skipped at this point. Uh, again, you know, we could get different instructions from the federal government. There, there, it is unclear, and I'm not the doctor, Bill, and I'm not the, you know, medical expert at all. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I consult them every day. Yeah. Uh, but our understanding is that, that, you know, medical science doesn't fully know how long you keep that right. antibody. Right. And, the, but, and the other thing is, you know, that I have been told is that the protection you're going to get from that shot is going to be higher than the protection you get from that antibody. Of course, that also depends, I'm sure, on how long it's been since you had right. it. Right. So, we're not sure. So, so yeah. If, look, I mean, my, my advice to anybody, if you're in, you're in the group and you can get it, you, you, you should get, get it. it. So I'll, go back, I'll go back to what you said, though, Bill. There's a certain number of people who don't want to get it, I, it and we know that. But I think what's going to happen uh, is in the next week or two, uh, three, four weeks before we really get to the general population, people are going to have the opportunity to watch people getting vaccinated today. Uh, they're going to, um, uh, you know, hear more from the FDA. They're going to hear more from medical experts on, on TV. You're probably going to have medical experts on, on the radio who you're talking to. Uh, and I think this is a learning process for all of us. And ultimately, no one's going to compel anybody in Ohio. Uh, you know, state's not going to compel anybody to get a vaccine. We don't compel, you know, that. Uh, but what we hope is that people will listen to the evidence and uh, will make what they think is in their best interest and the best interest of the, right. of the state. Governor, stop right there. We have a news coming up. When we come back, I'm going to ask you the big question. Let's continue with more. Stay tuned for more with Governor Mike DeWine on News Radio 700 WLW. A lot of people are using the word sad to describe this year. You may be one of them. It's hard to remember life before masks and shutdowns and work, for example. Uh, and they're in a congregate setting. Will they be offered the vaccine before individuals who didn't commit felonies, who live by the right rules, and they're running around Western Hills or right now or Taylor Mill or wherever they are, that they want to live in their life properly? Is Mike DeWine going to say that if you're a prisoner in a congregate setting, you get precedence over somebody, uh, a woman living in Westchester? Uh, no, but uh, the but is think of all the people who work in the prison. And we have lost. Uh, I have on my desk uh, two notes to write to families of, of prison workers, uh, you know, who did nothing wrong. In fact, did everything right, uh, and they got it. 
and they died. Right. Uh, so have, we have, have to protect them. We yes. have to protect them. And, you know, we're going to they're, they're, we're going to make sure that they they get coverage early, early on, because they're the ones who, uh, you know, we've we, we've lost. And, and we continue. I know uh, our, our director is very concerned about them and we're going to have to take care of them. We need to. Now, now lastly, uh, on, on the issue of the distribution of the vaccine and things of that character at this point, uh, we're very happy today's the day, and uh, we're going to look forward to February, March, April. There is such euphoria now. When I watch the morning news shows, you were busy. Uh, I'm watching NBC, ABC, CBS. I'm watching Fox, Ducey, and those guys. There's like happy days are here again. Uh, everyone's uh, satisfied. I have a sense when this gets out today, tomorrow, and the next day, Governor DeWine, that it's over. And, and what's going to happen is the next four to 12 weeks are going to be the worst relative to COVID-19 than, than we've ever had. And so are you concerned as the governor that the publication of all this great news is going to cause more and more Americans to let their guard down, especially over Christmas? Yes, uh, I think that's a concern, Bill. And, and you know, it's a balance for me as, as, a, as a leader of the state. Uh, we have to have hope. Uh, there is a great deal of hope today. There's a great deal of optimism, but there also has to be hope tempered with reality. And the reality is, you said it very well, in the next two to three months could be uh, the worst uh, months that we have. It could get to a situation where our schools are all closed. Uh, it could get to a situation where our hospitals are overflowing. So what we do, and we've kind of marked this out, we have what we call uh, our, our Safe Ohio Protocol. And we just ask everybody to go up online or, or look at the news, newspaper or get any kind of pull anything down from the Internet. You know, we've got 10 things that we ask people to do. And if we do these things, we'll get through this and we won't overwhelm our hospitals and uh, we'll be able to keep school open. And, you know, just a, just a couple of things that I think, you know, sometimes people don't think about. Uh, one uh, is the medical uh, advice is, you know, don't eat at your table right. with anybody who you don't live with. <laughs> so, right. you, know, you know, you go out and you go to a restaurant and yeah. you meet another couple or two other couples. It's not safe. Why is it not safe? You can't chew and have a mask on. Generally you know, not. You know, or you can't drink that beer, and, and you know, unless you're, I don't know, put a straw through the mask. I don't know. But I don't know. We don't do no, that. But do let me you ask you, you that. I'm watching this morning, and they have the president uh, – on and they're talking about when are you going to get it? And the president said he may or may not do it. But they're going to give the vaccine to the top staff in the White House who are going to accept it. Uh, well, Mike DeWine, because many consider you to be an essential employee, many do not. But the great, many do not. Many, do not. many, many, many think you're no, completely irrelevant. But uh, nonetheless, you are the governor. You're the commandant of the National Guard. You're at the top of the pyramid. Are you going to get the vaccine earlier than someone in your category would because you are essential? No, no, absolutely not. That would not be right. Fran, I'll get this vaccine just as soon as we get to our group, whenever that is. But, uh, you know, we're not going to take it. That would be I think that would be wrong to jump out of line. We're not going to do that. And, and lastly, this is the last question. Can you give the vaccine to the Cincinnati Bengals? Have you thought about some shot that would allow them to play better football? OK, my my I think our goal as, as Bengals fans should be to get a, a line that can protect our great quarterback. Joe Burrow needs well right now. <laughs> Joe I mean, needs help. He needs help. Protect him. Protect, protect him. Protect the guy. Please. All right. Well, Governor, no, can, I, I don't. My goal for the 
new year. <laughs> my, my wish. Maybe keep the Indians name in Cleveland, too. That's got me all pissed off today. Well, the that's, Indians that's, are gone. That's, that's the breaking news today. Yeah. The yeah. Indians. Well, congratulations. I guess, should I offer you congratulations? Because uh, no. <laughs> no. I want to say I feel like happy days are here again, but not really. Not really. Oh, there's hope. Look, there's hope. hope. And, and there's good things, but we gotta be, we got to be tough. we got to be strong. we got to get through the next few months. All right, Governor Mike DeWine, thank you very much. And may I say congratulations, and let's see what happens. Thank you. All right, Kelly, good to be with you today. Thank you. Let's go, Governor Mike DeWine. And uh, right now there's about 675 doses available at UC Medical, but you know the Tier 1 is a different category. And as far as uh, the other ones, we're going to find out later in January, February, when you get it. So let's get your comments, plus my comments are next, 513-749-7000. Bill Cunningham, with you every day, more or less, on News Radio 700 WLW. I'm Scott Sloan, and you need to listen to this important song. Someone on Twitter once said, I'm the best. So I'm going to go. COVID-19 rules are not as followed closely as they are here, shall we say. You go into the retail stores, Publix or whatever, about half have them on, about half don't. In Cincinnati, northern Kentucky, I'd say 95% compliance. Let's you and I get into this. Uh, As far as getting it or not getting in, as far as the majority, minority opinion, all that kind of stuff. And uh, we have five lines available if you want to call in and give me your thoughts whether you're going to get it or not. Each state determines for itself the tiers of individuals that will receive it. Tier one, as the governor just said, generally involves those individuals, about 350,000 Ohioans, who either work or are in nursing home-type facilities, long-term care, veterans' homes, that kind of stuff, because they're most at risk. That's about 350,000, and that would be, I would imagine, about 700,000 doses for those individuals. So through the end of the year, which is, what, about two and a half weeks. May I use the term the general public? Will not have access to the messenger RNA. I call it the Trump vaccine anyway, because unless you're in that facility. I have a good friend of mine who owns nursing homes, and uh, in the nursing home business, there's a certain percentage of the residents who do not want the Pfizer vaccine or the Moderna vaccine, which should be approved on Thursday and available in about a week. The Trumpster just bought another 100 million doses of the Moderna vaccine. So by the end of January, what, about six weeks from now, it's going to be widely available. In fact, some docs have told me there's going to be a glut of too much vaccine by the end of January, 1st of February, because of all the individuals in those nursing homes elsewhere that aren't going to get it. If you're an employer... You're going to have an employee. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, 
Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Employee, as a condition of employment, get the vaccine. If you work at the Christ Hospital and you're one of the 20% of nurses that don't want it because you've already had COVID-19 and you don't want to go through the risk of taking it, as a condition of employment, I'm going to have on a lawyer tomorrow to talk about this as a condition of employment. Can your employer require you to get the vaccine, whether you want it or not? The answer probably is yes, especially in a healthcare facility. Yes. But if you're a uh, if you're an, a resident at a nursing home and you're in full possession of your faculties, and you say, you know what, I don't want the vaccine. I guess the operator could say you either get the you get the shot or else we're going to kick you out. But in reality, that's not going to happen. You can't take a long-term resident who's mentally competent who doesn't want a treatment. That's an Ameri- In my view, it's the right of each individual American to say yay or nay, assuming that person is mentally competent. And so, a good chunk of those in the nursing homes in congregant settings are not going to get uh, are not going to get this shot 350,000 might be more like 250,000. And I made the point with the governor and I've gotten this question. What do you do if you're an inmate at Lebanon Correctional Institution or the Butler County Jail and uh you're in a congregant setting but you but should you get precedence over you or your husband or your wife for this shot which I I imagine's free. I I think the answer should be no. But however, lawsuits are going to be filed soon in which inmates are going to be at the front of a line. I speak to some of my lawyer friends and they say, well, it's discriminatory if you're in a congregant setting that you can't control coming and going that you have to get the shot. So some federal judge may have to belly up to the bar and and talk about whether or not uh, that is legal or constitutional. These messenger RNA vaccines are unique. They've not been tried before on a wide scale. They've had up to 70,000 people, which is pretty wide. And uh, messenger RNA is different than all the other vaccines that we get that involve, to a large extent, uh, dead viruses or inert viruses. MRA, teach, this is a little bit in the weeds, but I think you should be aware. The the, uh, mRNA, messenger RNA vaccines, teach ourselves how to make proteins or even a piece of a protein that triggers your personal immune response inside your body. That immune response produces antibodies to protect the cell from infection. And COVID-19 mRNA vaccines give instructions to your cells to make a harmless piece of what is called the spike protein. The spike protein is found on the surface of the virus that causes COVID-19. And the shots are given in the upper arm muscle. And once the uh, instructions from the mRNA protein are inside the muscle cells, the cells use them to make the protein piece. After the protein piece is made, the cell breaks down the instructions and gets rid of them. Next, the cell displays the protein on the surface. You've seen those spiked animations about the COVID-19. And then your immune system recognizes the protein doesn't belong 
and begin building an immune response itself, making antibodies, which happens in natural infections. And at the end of the process, our bodies have learned how to protect against future infections. They recognize it. The benefit of M messenger RNA vaccines, like all vaccines, is that vaccinated gained this protection without ever having to risk the serious consequences of getting infected with COVID-19. So, and, and, and I want to be frank, I'm going to take some calls. I, I want to hear from you. There's a minority viewpoint that the triggering and the changing of the proteins in your cell will have long-term negative consequences. You may look at a story out of Jerusalem in the Jerusalem Post that I read, that Israeli scientists, and I have great respect for Israeli scientists, say that they are uncertain if there's long-term consequences that could result in autoimmune disorders like multiple sclerosis and or other autoimmune conditions. That's a minority viewpoint. All right, when we continue, I'm going to take your calls. We have Tony and Mason, Jim and Fairfax, Matt and Fairfield, and three lines open at 513-749-7000. The airwaves are the big one are now yours on News Radio 700 WLW. Oh, I'm sorry. I messed that up. I've been up on the air for seven days. That's why. So why don't we do this? We normally take a break at 55, but Sheriff Dave says that's already happened. So let's take some telephone calls with your permission. I blame Dave for that, of course. I take no responsibility for bad behavior on my part. Let's go to, uh, we'll go to Tony and Mason, the home of the transmitter, and then Jim and Matt and many others. Once again, if a line becomes available, 749-7000. Here's the big question. You heard the governor speak for a segment and a half, and you understand the, the messenger RNA vaccine is different. There's been 70,000, 70,000 individuals that have signed up through Pfizer. I call it the Trump vaccine. That pisses people off. And Moderna, the two of them. And up to this point, there's been no consequences. The minority viewpoint down the road, according to Israeli scientists and laboratory technicians, it may, underline the word may, have long-term negative health consequences that we don't know about. So tomorrow I'm going to have on a lawyer specializing in employment law, law to determine if you must take it if you're a resident in a nursing home or in a congregant setting, if you're the Hamilton County Jail. And uh, Sheriff Neal Soon, Sheriff uh, Charmaine McGuffey says to you, you must take it. And if the inmate says, I'm not taking it, can you force the inmate to take it? I can see a deputy sheriff, a CO, saying, you know what, I'm taking it. But when I read out of the New York uh, uh, Times that about 20% of nurses will not take it and about half of NYPD will not take it, kind of gives me a little concern. As an American, I want to be clear. The great American will take it. Some cannot take it. But if it's 95% effective and 300 million people get it, that means uh, 15 million Americans uh, are going to have a negative health consequence from getting it. Because if it's 95% effective, we have 300 million plus people. 5% times 300 million is about 15 million. That's a large number of people that are going to be sick. And so this is a grand experiment. And some have said, I read some reporting from Sharon Coolidge and, and Jason Williams about uh, being used as guinea pigs or laboratory animals. Some people have s- said that. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not a Jenny McCarthy type. 
As a consequence, when medical science tells me, when Dr. Dean Kariakis tells me at the Christ Hospital that I'm in a risk category, I need to get it as soon as possible, I'm going to pay attention to someone that knows a bit more about medicine than I know. But uh, take a short break now. And as we continue, we have Tony and Jim and Matt, Brad, many others. If a line becomes available, 513-749-7000 or pound 700, the new AT&T. Plus, Jimmy, Jimmy. My man, my producer, is very unhappy. The Cleveland Indians are getting rid of the word Indians. They've been encouraged to do so greatly by Major League Baseball in New York City. They don't like the idea of Indians being used any more than they like the term Redskins in Washington. So let's continue. One o'clock, the home of your Reds and Bengals. That would be, of course, News Radio 700, WLW Cincinnati. News, traffic, and weather. News Radio 700 WLW, Cincinnati. The coronavirus vaccine has been delivered. And uh, if you watch the news, don't fly, don't take an airplane anywhere. Some of the morning shows, Bill Gates and others, said uh, we're now experiencing the terrible rush after Thanksgiving about three weeks later. And uh, if any of us celebrate Christmas, get together, uh, travel anywhere, don't travel, get on a plane. Yours truly, uh, a few hours ago, uh, a few hours ago, got off a plane. A Delta from Fort Myers back to Cincinnati. I felt as safe as in my mother's arms. It was not a big deal. Everyone had a mask on, yours included. And in fact, some even had shields on, which is their freedom, their right to do or not. And I I didn't see one person in the Fort Myers airport or in Cincinnati not wearing a mask. Now, I think that's the rule, but uh, you do it for your safety to protect others. If that's your free choice to do it, please do it. I, I felt safe. The middle seats were all taken. But listening to Bill Gates this morning and others, the experts are saying, do not travel. Do not get on a plane, especially a 737 Max. Don't get on one of those, especially, which are now flying. And so my aviation consultant, the man knows all about travel, about airplanes, stock markets, and more, is, is Jay Ratliff. He's run airports, knows where the bodies are buried. And Jay Ratliff, first of all, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Man, to you as well, my friend. Let's talk about traveling and uh Bill Gates is loved by the mainstream media. He's putting up a billion dollars, which is a chump change to him, but it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And he's saying things will not be back to normal until summer of 2021 or the uh, or the Christmas time, like two years from now. And I'm thinking, my God, I don't know if we can put up with it that long. But give me your analysis on whether a regular American who lives in California, Chicago, Texas, Cincinnati, New York, whether traveling should or should not be done over the next uh, two or three weeks? Well, I mean, Bill, if you, it depends on who you listen to. If you listen to the airlines, they say, look, we have an aggressive ventilation system on our aircraft. Uh, we use the HEPA filters, which are used in hospitals. We have constant flow of fresh air coming through the vents that uh, is uh, constantly, you know, placed into the cabin. But then you have the CDC saying that uh, they don't recommend you traveling. (laughs) So you have all of these different components that are kind of at odds with each other. And you have a lot of passengers who want to travel, but they're worried to travel, and they don't know who to believe. And, look, some people have said, Jay, I don't mind traveling. I understand once I get to the aircraft, I'm okay. My concern is getting to the airport, getting through security, being at the baggage claim area and the gate area and all of the areas in between, when, unfortunately, I may not be a full six feet away from various individuals, and that's their big concern. 
So airlines know that not until the vaccine is delivered, administered, and used that passengers will finally start to feel reluctant or get past the reluctancy to fly. They thought at the beginning of the pandemic, if they told everyone how clean the planes were, people would fly. They did not. They then said uh, we had this aggressive ventilation system for cleaning the air. They thought that would bring people back. It didn't. Then they went to this militant mass policy to try to have everyone wear a mask when they fly, thinking that would do it. And really the test came over the Thanksgiving holiday. Wednesday before Thanksgiving, the Sunday after, are always the two busiest travel days of the year. Last year we had 5.5 million plus fly on those two days alone. This year, those two days gave us just over 2.2 million combined. So, I mean, we were 60-some percent off of what we were at last year at this time, and airlines are really worried as we get into the last half of December that they're simply not going to see the travel numbers that are there. And they were really looking for the next couple of weeks to be the time when they were going to see some increased revenue, and it certainly doesn't appear that that's going to be the case. You know, Jay, I didn't see it over the weekend. Of course, Cincinnati and Fort Myers aren't exactly international travel hubs. But when I spoke to uh, I spoke to some uh... Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Some Delta pilots, uh, before we got on, everyone was masked up. It was a social thing. I walked up to some flight attendants. Uh, they have a sense that things are terrible. There's not the travel. This one flight crew was headquartered in Atlanta, and I asked, why, how's, how's Atlanta, Hartsfield-Jackson Airport? And they said it's dead. Not much is going on. It's like a ghost town. And when you look at the fact that travel is down, not only in the United States, but around the world as well. In fact, Norwegian Airlines came out and said that their travel in the month of November was down 96%. 96%? Down? And you think, it down. And you look at the airlines that normally need an 80 85% load factor to break even, and then they make money from that point forward. And they're seeing load factors of 48 50%, 55%, what have you. Yeah, there's more people flying now than we saw two or three months ago. But that doesn't mean that airlines aren't still losing billions of dollars collectively. We're told the airline industry this year and next around the world are going to lose $160 billion. And $160 that's, that's billion. 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 And that's going, that's going to go up because it's, up. We, we've seen previous <laughs> amounts come out estimating, thinking that there would be a, a more quick return to travel, not rapid, but certainly faster than what we're seeing now. And, Bill, a lot of it is the increase that we've seen in people returning to the airport or on the leisure side of things that are catching the low-cost carriers to different vacation spots or visiting relatives or whatever it might happen to be. Absent of this mild recovery, and that's exactly what it's been, very mild, is the corporate traveler. Those men and women that are the road warriors that normally fly two or three times a week, 
simply aren't coming back right now. And some of them, it's because of the vaccine not being available. But look, some of them work for businesses that say, you know, before we didn't really go for this video conferencing because we didn't know that much about it. We didn't think it would work, thought it would be complicated, ineffective. Bill, they're finding out that it's everything that they didn't think it was. It's cheap. It's affordable. It's effective. And people are saying even after this pandemic is passed, the vaccine is out there. We're not going to be flying the same level that we had before, and that's the last thing airlines want to hear. Because if there's the corporate traveler, which represents 70% of the airline's revenue, does not come back in force, next year is going to be a very, very difficult uh, year for a lot of airlines. I'm a conservative conservative, as you are also. Mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. is it in the national interest to keep alive and subsidize to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars airlines because – uh, of their essential aspect to the American economy? Is that, is that in the national interest to provide those kind of subsidies on a regular basis? Not on a regular basis, Bill. And, and, and you know, the airline industry had their hand out again, like, uh, you know, someone at the end of a, a ramp at the interstate with the sign in their hand begging for money, trying to get another round of stimulus money that's going to help them for the next three, four, five, or six months. Now, these same airline executives who say they have to have this are the same ones that told us it's going to take two or three years or longer to fully recover from this. So you and I have discussed it before. What do we do? Do we give them uh, you know, $25 billion for six months and then another $17 billion for the next six? You just cannot continue to do that. Now, it is true the airline industry is an integral part of our nation's economy and defense, and right now the airline industry in the United States and around the world is being looked at to rush this vaccine to every corner of the globe. So it's funny how the, you know, the, the, the far left a year ago wanted people not to fly. They flight shamed them and talked about how the airlines were killing the planet because of uh, the carbon footprint of these jets. Now it's the airline industry that's being looked at to help save the world as they rush this vaccine you know, to every single part of the, of the world. So the bottom line is until we start to see a recovery of some kind, airlines are going to be forced to do what they can. Now, fortunately, a lot of them have trimmed the fat. The standpoint of some of their real senior employees, they've reduced their workforce. Uh, they have basically streamlined their operation to a point that as they start to recover, they can slowly start to build back their workforce at a lower wage. They can start to use some more fuel-efficient aircraft, yes, like the Boeing Max, to try to slowly come out of this on the other side. And they may emerge much, much stronger than they came in. But it's all going to depend on what that demand for traffic is. And right now, since this is such an unprecedented event, we don't know when that turning point is going to be. After the attacks of 9-11, we had a drop-off in traffic of 12 to 15 percent. That was it. This pandemic, we've seen at times where the demand for travel was down 93 and 94 percent. And when you have only, you know, still 60 percent under what we had before or 45 or 50, whatever it is, on whatever flight, you're talking about something the airline industry was not prepared for. They did not see coming. And it's something that right now, you know, they're not, none of them are in danger of going out of business immediately. But four or five months, six months down the road, we'll start to see uh, the airline industry constrict a bit. And we could see a few uh, even file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, which would buy them another year, year and a half to continue to operate. But it's really going to be interesting to see how the airline industry proceeds, because right now it's March Madness, survive in advance time. You know, I get these calls, and I read the Wall Street Journal and Barron's and Forbes. The whole system was set up to benefit the rich and the famous, and those who don't need the money to a large extent. And one mm-hmm. might add 
that uh, there were many, many companies, if you were connected, if you had CPAs, if you had tax attorneys, you fill out the right applications at the right way, the money flew in your bank account irrespective of need. But right. half of America are small business owners, especially restaurant and bar owners, those who run wow. hair salons and barber shops. They're not sophisticated enough having these uh, $500 an hour attorneys and CPAs make the applications. Now they look at the airlines being bailed out to the tune of, I think by the time it's all said and done, over $100 billion. And now they're still stuck in Washington this week to provide needed food to people that need it. And the small business owner is then decapitated. And then you have this, the rules apply to thee but not for me as the Democratic and some Republican office holders, like the mayor of Austin, Texas, is in Cabo vacationing, telling everybody else not to fly in Austin, Texas. Or Nancy Pelosi walking around a closed beauty salon (laughs) having her hair done while no other woman or man can get their hair done in San Francisco. And I watch this. There's such a separation between the rules for thee and the rules for me and the idea that Bill Gates is being complimented to give away, and I, it's a good thing to give away a billion dollars when you're sure. worth about seventy-five billion. Why not? But you talk mm-hmm. about the airlines and, and those with their, and those who fly regularly. The typical schlep who lives in lower middle-class jobs is not flying anywhere. They're trying to get a job to pay the rent, and so the separation continues. And, and so I, I think some listening to us right now may think, you know, what the hell? Let them all go out of business. But I, what would that do to the American economy if we had only two or three airlines? Then when we recover in two or three or four years, uh, fares will be through the roof and there'll be it'll be a terrible circumstance. Somebody real smart, Jay Ratliff, has got to say this recovery has got to lift the tide for everyone and just not those that are connected. Well, it's true. And when you look at the travel industry as a whole, airlines included, it represents worldwide uh, about one out of every 10 jobs on the planet that's connected to the travel industry. And when you see how hard the industry has been hammered through this pandemic and you see the hundreds of thousands of jobs, all different places where, that have been lost, it's clear that it's had an adverse impact on many economies around the world, the United States included. And the concern is, okay, if this continues, will we start to see airlines drop off like flies? And and what will that basically get to the point where how is that going to affect the United States? But, look, the bottom line is the airline industry is recovering much slower than we had hoped or expected. And if it looks like the next spring going into the summer, we start to see a return of more and more passengers to the sky. There's a lot of ifs that are attached to that. The airline industry as a whole will will, uh, survive. They'll advance. I don't think we'll see any airline cease to fly in the United States. We might see a couple that are forced to file Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection, which, again, won't affect any of us on the other side of the ticket counter. Many airlines have gone through that process. They've continued to fly, and they've even thrived after the fact. And I think that we could see that. We could see some airline mergers. But the airline industry as a whole is going to make it through this. And I don't think, to a large degree, we need to step in and do a whole lot. I remember after the deregulation, Act of 1978, the, the concern was there's going to be two or three airlines in five years. The fares are going to be through the roof, and the exact opposite right. happened. We saw the, all the low-cost carriers come out of nowhere to interject into the aviation world, something that never existed before, and that was competition, which drove airfares down to unprecedented levels to where now it's cheaper to fly today than it has been any time in the history of commercial aviation when you adjust for inflation. It's not even close. 
So I think that the airlines will go through a, a period of time over the next several months where they're going to have to make some additional difficult choices. But I don't think that they're going to have to require a great deal of money from from the the government, even though they want it, because they can make it they can make it through. A lot of them have six to eight months of cash or access to it. They don't want to get that far into it. They want help now. But there's a lot of people that share that same sentiment as you and I that says the demand for travel must dictate what goes on in the airline industry. And let's look at some of these small businesses that are absolutely hammered that barely made it through the first shutdown when the government forced them to close with no notice, with people that basically had a whole staff of people to to employ, and they had to lay those individuals off. And now there's fear that even though they're back at 50% or whatever, they may have to to go through another round. Bill, those are the people, the men and women, and all of those that work for them that we need to be looking for to support and help, not the, not the big banked airlines, if you will, because right now, the small jobs are what moves this country. And the airline industry right now can survive over the next several months without anything severe or major happening. And I know a lot of people in the airline industry will take exception with that, but when you crunch the numbers, the math checks out, they've got the cash or access to it to make it for the next six or eight months. And right now, not the time to be flooding them with a lot of money that could be used much, much better elsewhere. Now, lastly, we have about a minute remaining. Do you see a system where you're going to be stamped or given some sort of a card that you've gotten uh, the COVID-19 vaccine and or you're clean in the sense that you tested and you have antibodies and those those who have antibodies and those who have the vaccine are treated differently than those who don't. What? Uh, no, no question, Bill. Qantas Airlines has already said once the vaccine is out there, you're going to need the vaccine to fly to, to various parts of the country and the world. They've already said it. Other airlines will do the same thing. You're going to hear the word COVID passport a coronavirus passport being used more and more, which is some sort of an app or verification that you can use to prove that you've had the vaccine. Some airlines are going to look for this. I think some restaurants, some theaters, some places where you go to concerts. <laughs> show I, me, give me, kind of show me your papers. Let me I see your card. Bill, that's exactly the way to word it. And you think we're having fun over masks? You wait till this kicks in. Wow. All right. We got to run. Once again, you're also a, a day trader in the stock market. What lies ahead uh, later this week and next week, do you think, Jay Ratliff? Well, you know, you're right. I love trading stocks and teaching my students. My portfolio is up about 800% this year, having a, a great time. But, Bill, right now, as we look forward, the it, Wall Street wants to know whether or not there's going to be a stimulus that's going right. to come around. And I tell you what, Wall Street's really keeping an eye on is this Georgia election. The Wall Street wants gridlock. They do not want the, the Senate to flip going back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. 
MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Back in the hands of uh, the Democrats right now, they want the gridlock, and that's something they're keeping on. The Fed's going to be speaking later this week. We'll see if they're going to be announcing anything as far as any additional stimulus mm-hmm. or any sort of ideas, uh, ways that you know the stock market could be supported by the government. I don't think we're going to see much there. But right now, they're looking at the stimulus and the election right now in Georgia. The markets continue to go up, but I'm telling you, they could pause and drift back in a hurry if we're not careful. All right, Jay Ratliff, uh, thank you again for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show. And uh, I guess we're blessed to live in interesting times. I kind of wish the times were not so interesting. But You know, uh, there's times I, I do long <laughs> for those boring days of old, my boring. friend. Boring. All right, Jay Ratliff, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Bill Cunningham, The Great American. Let's continue with more, of course, on News Radio 700 WLW. It's Rocky Boy. <laughs> It's Lance McAllister. Football! And it's a whole lot of orange and black during the roundtable show. Tonight at 6. Receivers left. A.J. Green alone out to the right. Brandon Allen extends the hands, catches the shotgun snap, throws it into the back left corner of the end zone, and almost threw it into the stands. That's how badly he overthrew Tyler Boyd in the back left corner of the end zone, and the Cowboys will take over on downs. Well, the Bengals lost uh, in the red zone their first drive fumble, then touchdown, then stopped on downs, which is equivalent to another turnover. I'm broadcasting. Seg, nothing but issues down in River City when it comes to professional sports. Nothing but issues, but the nightmare scenario awaits. This the night the nightmare scenario. The cyclones, of course, are gone. They're not even playing. Yeah. How about soccer? FC Cincinnati, here's the nightmare scenario. You told me they put up the goals. Is that the deal? They, they put, put up, up, yeah. They put up the uh, goals of it. They haven't scored a goal in like fifteen games. I'm reading on ESPN that uh, yeah, there's a probability of a strike. Uh, MLS, M- play. MLS player strike. strike a strike. Jeez. Because they gave back too much, and they just had the you know the world. What's the world championship? I'd rather watch Cole Rain play soccer versus so, Deer Park then. So Columbus beats up on Seattle. Ugh, the geez. players announce they're going to go on strike. Great, because they're not going to start playing again like in three weeks. They're saying the first game's in March. Yeah. The nightmare scenario. Strike. And there's a beautiful new stadium down there in the West End. And Mike Dewine says no fans anyway. So you yeah, have perfect. No players. Perfect. And no fans. Perfect. But we got the goals. The goals are up. I don't know where the but nets are, but they're probably next. But FC cannot kick the ball between the pipes. They So there'll be no players, no goals, no fans. Let's build a $250 million stadium. Perfect. Makes sense. Perfect. Perfect. North Slopes. They're opening, oh, I guess, boy. on Wednesday. They're Clyde Perfect, rest in peace. But no fans, no players, no goals. That's, now what else? That's Cincinnati well, sports right there. Right things, there. That two, explains it. Two things. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad to be you're anywhere. Back from the double wide and the big meetings down there and everything big else. Big meetings. And two, a happy belated birthday to you as you were 73 three on Friday. December 11th, 1947. A day that will live in infamy.
I can't believe Mikey and I were sitting here, and we cannot believe you actually didn't call your own show to wish yourself a happy birthday on Friday. I should have. I was on the golf Chris course. Chris Collinsworth called in and said happy birthday to you. Did he? No. How about Jack? I he's saw Jack. Stu- yeah, I think I think Chris is still stuck in he's, Pittsburgh. He's still stunned. He's got to be careful when you compliment somebody. You got to compliment them the right. Oof. You want to compliment the Oof. women of Pittsburgh, right? Oh no, no, that's that, that's not good. You can't no. Comp- and then he said something about Niagara Falls apparently last night. That pissed off somebody. I think mackerel. Yes, yes it did. He, he, he went and watched it. He may be back here. And now by the electoral college in Ohio, voted oh. for Donald Trump today. What? They voted for the Trumpster in Ohio. Oh. Okay. Can I explain to you the Electoral College? The answer is no. <laughs> I, 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 I was going to say yes. I'm one of the few people that right understand ahead. it. Oh, well. I may explain it later on because when you vote for president, you do not vote for the person who's running. Yeah. You vote for the slate of uh, members of Electoral College. That candidate says will vote for him on well, December 14th. Well, yes. explain that at 2.30 when Rocky's in here because he has no idea what he's talking about. That's not unusual. That's true. Well, Evie, as Stooge Report is a proud service of your local Tempstar. Heating and air conditioning dealers, Tempstar. Quality you can feel at beautiful Milford. Right there, one main gallery called Baker Heating at 831-5124. Sports. What, what's in worse shape? Cyclones, Bengals. Reds. Uh, Willie, those Bengals dropped to two ten and one after that thirty to seven whipping up against the Cowboys yesterday. As Andy Dalton triumphantly returned the Red Rifle to the Queen City. The Red Rifle rules. Uh, three fumbles led to a seventeen nothing early Dallas lead, and that was it. Did like the horn frog symbol, Mister Mrs. Red Rifle gave more oh. tonight on Bengals line. Can't wait. Got to hear more. I've not heard enough. Right here on I 700 want, WLW. I want to hear more. Because, and then on this Monday night, Bengals v. Steelers, Ooh. national TV. The Steelers have dropped two in a row. Big Ben's pissed off. Ooh, you're not kidding. They look terrible against Buffalo. Sloney must be going nuts well, with Sloane's the Bills. Probably, that's why he took off today, because he was probably three sheets to the win. More than that. Four sheets. Uh, that, too. Willie, it's uh, 55 days to Super Bowl 55. Get I'm ready thinking, for that one. I'm thinking maybe the Bills might be in it this year. They you look never pretty know. good. Ravens and Browns tonight in Cleveland. That's a big one. Statement game for the Brownies and Baker Mayfield. But is Browns a racially insensitive term referring to the skin content well, of uh, persons of color? Well, no, it's named of, after Paul Brown. No, it? don't say that. That makes sense. Oh. you got to say the Browns are racially insensitive. Well, the Cleveland Indians are going to change their name now. To what? Well, I don't know. Vegas. The River Rats? Saying these names are the best odds for the nickname for the artist formerly known as the Cleveland Indians. The River Rats? They could go with the, the number one choice is the spiders. I don't know what spiders have to do with Cleveland. But well, there's spiders and mice all over What there. about if they just become the CBT? The Cleveland baseball team, like Washington. Cincinnati Bell Telephone. The Guardians. Guardians of what? I don't Wild Things. I get I, get I, uh, Mr. Sheen to come in every game. The Blue Sox. Yeah, please. Stupid. The, the what? The Blue Sox. That's the Crows. Stupid. Crows. The Naps. What's the Naps? The Rocks. Cleveland Rocks. Hit it. Jody Allen's ready. Again, a look at second. Now the 2-2. A swing and a pop-up. 
First base side foul ground. Tom Hamilton. Perez, Santana, Santana makes the catch. Ball game. (laughs) The Indians have won the American League pennant. (laughs) And Cleveland, for the sixth time ever. Ever? You will have a World Series. Six times. They're They're also looking at the name Dobies. Dobies. And this one will really hack people off. The Buckeyes. What? Thank you. What? The Cleveland Buckeyes? I bet you a lawsuit is already in the works at at the the Ohio State University, the home of Kerry Combs. You mean, I've called him. He won't call me back. Well, he's 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 up to his you-know-what and you-know-what this week against Northwestern. Michigan wouldn't play him. Thank you. Uh, One guy that really Here's the vote. Oh, how about this? Can you see this before every Indian? Or yeah. I'm sorry, Wild Thing game. Wild Thing. Charlie Sheen coming out. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not? Cleveland. Drew Carey. Cleveland what about the Browns. Barons or the Crusaders, the old hockey team they had up there? I'll tell you what it is. That Browns is racially insensitive. Oh. Hold on. Wild Thing. That's Jimmy singing. Didn't they used to call you that at Deer Park? The wild thing. You, yes. Come on. But hit it. Listen to this line. I love you. Thank you. That's what. Well, one guy that's in love, Willie, is um, Gus Malzon. Oh, my God. Got fired yesterday at Auburn. But. After eight seasons. But. But. He gets a but, party But speaking gift. of Drew Carey. Mr. Malzahn has made it to the has made the has won the Price is Right showcase. Come on down. He gets a $21.45 million buyout. Half of that is due before the first of the year. So he's got two and a half weeks to get like $10 million plus. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. One of my opponents, many campaign ads. They can all go to hell and get a job, as far as I'm concerned. He was referring to uh, Senator Doug Jones, Correct. who's out of work. And, of course, you also have Governor Cuomo of New York, uh, allegedly uh, was going to be the next attorney uh-oh. general. Uh-oh. Squeezed a few butts in his time. Those butts have cost him seriously now. Women have come forward to say... He you know what? inappropriate. He's on TV every day more than the president of the United yes. States. He wants to be president. Ugh, of course, I, now anybody can be president is what I say. If Joe Biden, frail and elderly, who's fallen down. Got 80 million votes, didn't he? 80, 81 million. Trumpster got 74 million. And lost. Not enough. Didn't, he what did he get four years ago? 72 or something? In 2016, yeah. as you may recall. Uh-huh. He got uh, 63 million votes. Now, okay. and Hillary got 66 million. So he got 11 million more votes right. this year and lost. In 2012, 2012, okay. Barack Hussein Obama yeah. got 65 million votes and easily won. Okay. Trumpster gets 74 million votes and easily loses. Something stinks and something's wrong. In, in River City. Uh, how about that? How about the Cleveland Buckeyes? Oh, I love that. Oh, if they do that, oh, but the Ohio- Columbus will go cuckoo. Why call them the Spiders? They had that name before. I don't know. I guess I, I don't know, Willie. I just, I'm, ni- just I'm just reading the list off that Vegas spiders. says. That's that's some of the names. So what's the number one nickname? 
Well, it says Vegas has these names as the best odds to be the new nickname of the artist formerly known as the Cleveland Indians. And I would guess Spiders is the top of the list. Why would someone have the attributes of a spider? Well, what's the... Because uh, they're sneaky and sneaky. deadly. I don't and get it. silent. I don't get it. You didn't answer my question. Worst shape. Bengals, Reds, FC... Well, FC, all of it. FC, if they, and all if, of it. What if you have no players, no fans? Well, and then no while, goals. You, while you were gone, they traded Rysel Iglesias right. to the Los Angeles Angels. Right. Uh, let's see, uh, the Bengals. Bauer's gone. Right. Gray, Gray may oh, be gone. Right. So, so what, I, who's left? Me. Well, you're the, you know, you're the shining light. You're the lighthouse. Lighthouse. For the tri-state. How about the Cleveland Lighthouse? <laughs> I don't know. Cleveland. Indians is not a pejorative term. It's not. When I think of the word Indian, I do not think of something negative, do you? I, I think that they're going to go. I think they're going to, like, Washington football team. They go with Cleveland baseball team, and then they come up with something else the year after. That's, yeah, that's very true. Thank you. I don't know. I mean... If they call themselves the Buckeyes, oh, there'll be more lawsuits. There'll be lawsuits down here with TNT involved. Joe Dieters would start suing everybody. Bingo. I know that. So I don't know what to tell you. How about this from the buzzard? Uh-oh. I heard, as Ooh. not to offend anyone, Cleveland is going to no longer go up to their traditional baseball name. Just go. It's just going to be Indians. What if they just don't cut Cleveland and just call them Indians? How about that? I don't know. Just you got to have the name. You got to have the city name, name in there. It's a, that's kind of a sense of pride. Is Indians by itself a negative term? And if it is, well, isn't some that, people it is. That's racist by itself. Well, if you think you that got you, your, you got your thing over there, you're a chief, aren't you? Yes, From I that, am. Right. Well, I'm, I'm a Sioux warrior. See, well, see, is that are you are you mad about that? I'm happy about it. Oh, okay. When I see Indians, I think of positive stuff. Because I'm a Sioux warrior myself. Right. There it is. Right over there around Brick Patino's neck. Given to me by a Sioux chief from the foot from the Black Hills of South Dakota. Correct. And if I go there now, I get free admission to any casino in South Dakota. I don't go to casinos anyway. So, but <laughs> but, but it's handmade. Well, maybe you could be a greeter there. And I thought the term squaw was like negative. Yeah. This woman who was here said, no, it is an exalted term used by the Indian culture to describe a woman of high rank. Yeah, so, but not in these days. Squaw? You can't say squaw? No. How about Squaw Valley? Well, if you want to go ski there. You can't do that. No. Squaw. But I am a warrior in South Dakota. And I'm an Egyptian sun Plus, god. Plus, then I just saw you showed me your FEMA card. I'm, a, I'm an essential employee. So you might get the virus. You might get I the might vaccine get before anybody else. Um, when it's my term, uh, turn. Will you on, get the vi- will yes. you get the vaccine before the president of the United States? Yes, oh. I'm more essential now that he's out of office. Soon, I want the Moderna vaccine and not the Pfizer. I'm going well, on. You don't record. have much choice, do you? Well, I, if I have a choice, I want Moderna. If I don't well, have a got, choice, well, you got stock in the company or no, something. I, I wish I did, but uh, roll up I, that sleeve, baby, and take it. I like. I like the idea of uh, the vaccine at a lower temperature. And I don't feel good about Pfizer because they play a little politics. I like Moderna. 
Now, what about the, the governor was on? He's going to be on again at three, correct? Yes. So that, that, that had to be big that uh, this vaccine is here. You see health workers receive first doses today. I like know. 675. About that. But the numbers the governor gave me on and off the air, these are some incredible numbers, that there's uh, 350,000 Ohioans in congregant settings and employees, like nursing homes and right. prisons. And I said to him, I don't want some rapist murderer in Lebanon getting the vaccine over you. Is that fair to say, Seg? Yeah. Well, there may be a federal judge stepping in and saying because the inmate oh boy, here we go. is in a congregate setting here we go. that that person gets precedence over you. Is that right? I, don't, I, I haven't been called yet to get the vaccine. And how are you called? The governor said, I'm not sure. In other words, how do you know it's your turn? Does they he call you? He, he didn't know. Oh. Didn't know. Email? Said, well, I, how do you know? Twitter? If you work in a nursing home, I bet you they you go know. through Instagram. Instagram. How about my Twitter account? Just let, let me know. Well, yeah, I mean, will the first lady go? Absolutely. How about okay. the Denny from Dayton? How about the Indians becoming the Cleveland? What? <laughs> Cleveland? What? <laughs> what? Oh, Calvary. Thought he said something else. How about the Cleveland Cavalry is on the way? The Cavalry, of course, I, they they shot a lot of Indians, so right. that's a negative, right? right correct. Uh, th- yeah, they don't. Yeah. He said the mascot could be a white guy on a cavalry uniform on a horse chasing the Indians. Long blonde hair like Custer. That won't work. Segment, get me out of the Stooge Report. Next are your calls. I've talked enough. I want to hear from you. You're going to take some calls on your triumphant return to the tri-state? I want to take calls. I know you're not feeling well, are you? I'm not taking any calls yet. i got to get some calls. This is a talk show. This is a talk show, for God's sakes. I want to take calls. Willie, in honor of an overcast day here in the tri-state, and the vaccine is here. How about the Cleveland Custers? Now, that's another. Well, Custer was killed by the Indians, so maybe that, in today's culture, maybe that's good. We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. To catch up with uh, with Andy Dalton to talk about how potent this this offense was all, all day long today. Can we catch Andy for a couple? Can't catch him. Still throwing touchdown passes. Hook them, horns. Hook them. Horn frogs. Hook them. I love you. Let's continue with more. Your calls are next, I promise. On News Radio 700 WLW. The Nightcap with Gary Jeff Walker, where the drinks and conversation are always top shelf. Tonight at 9. On. Wanna be yours, pretty baby? I'm Billy Cunningham. Let's continue now. And I may say for uh, 235, explaining the Electoral College. By the way, the uh, state of Ohio electoral votes uh, went with uh, your good friend and mine, Donald J. Trump. Because I can explain why they hit disloyal and uh, electors at times and how that number is developed and what what's the function. Why did it begin that way? Why is it not going to change? Things like that. Ohio has 18 electoral votes. Now, why does Ohio have 18 electoral votes? Because you have the same number of electoral votes in the state as the total number of congressmen in your state, plus two, which are the two U.S. senators. Because Ohio has 16 congressional districts, as determined by population in the census. There's about 800,000 
residents per congressional district. So that figures out to about 16 uh, electoral votes because there are 16 congressional districts, numbered 1, 2, 3, 4, all the way up to 16. Like number one is Shabbat, number two is Winstrup. Not sure about number three. I think number eight is uh, more or less in Butler County, things like that, uh, Davidson. So uh, each state is given an electoral vote that equals the total number of congressional districts plus two, which is U.S. senators. So the Ohio congressional delegation is uh, is 18, which consists of 16 U.S. congressmen determined by census every 10 years in population, and then two U.S. senators. So like Vermont voted this morning at 9 a.m., Vermont, they had three electoral votes, which is one congressman, they have less than 800,000 residents, and two U.S. senators, which gives disproportionate weights to smaller states because California has 55 electoral votes, which is 53 congressional districts and two U.S. senators. So why is it fair that California has two U.S. senators and the state of Wyoming has two U.S. senators? Wyoming has fewer residents than Hamilton County, but it's an entire state by itself. Well, damn it, that's the way the country began. We are a republic. We're not a real democracy. And the states, we are the united States of America. We are a republic. That means when the state enters, each state gets two U.S. senators, irrespective of the size of the state. Otherwise, the smaller states, like Rhode Island at the time and South Carolina, would not have joined the Union. They would have stayed separate under the control of either England or Spain or Portugal or whatever. Mainly it was England by that point, by 1787. And uh, the founding fathers in 1787, and I was in, in Independence Hall in, free, in, uh, in, Phil- in Philadelphia, whenever they debated over that summer what kind of country to have, they kept going outside. It was hotter than the hinges of hell. And they looked around at muddy streets and the people in Philadelphia at the time and said, my God, we can't give them that much power. Look at them. They were like urchins. So they developed a system in which all the senators were not elected by the people, but rather by state legislators. They elected the senators for a long time. Then they had the Electoral College. Electoral College was uh, configured so that really the more elite selected uh, the uh, president based upon uh, the popular vote of the states. So let me explain. When you and I voted November the 3rd, in my case, I voted for Donald J. Trump. So whoever you voted for, you did not really vote for that person but you voted for the slate of electors that person had filed in the Secretary of State's office in Ohio or, or Kentucky, Frankfurt, that would represent them at the Electoral College. So if you're a Republican blue blood or a Democratic blue blood, Joe Biden picked uh, 18 human beings who were uh, residents and voters in Ohio to represent him in the Electoral College. And the Trumpster picked 18 other individuals who were true blue Republicans to vote for him if he won the state. So when the Secretary of State determined uh, that, uh, after November 3rd that the popular vote in Ohio went with Donald J. Trump, he then notified the 18 electors, residents and voters of Ohio, people like uh, Jane Pipkin or, or something like uh, Rocky Boyman or Steve Shabba. They can be anyone who lives there, Timken, you know. And the, the, the Trumpster said, these 18 people, I designate them to vote for me on Monday, December the 14th. 
that they're the electors. So when you voted for Donald J. Trump, you really voted for the electors. And the electors met at noon today, what, about two, and a, two hours and 15 minutes ago, in the state capitol. And there were paper ballots, and Jane Timpkin, et cetera, and they had five alternates there, just in case someone got sick, didn't make it, or if they were a disloyal, if they were a disloyal elector and didn't vote for Trump, they had someone to take their place. And so they voted on six pieces of paper, six times you had to you vote for president. In their case, they voted for Trump and vice president. In their case, of course, they, they voted for uh, Michael Pence of Indiana. They said, that's the guy. And there were six times they had to write down on a piece of paper who they voted for. And the reason it was six is like uh, two copies went to the archivist in, uh, in Washington. One copy went to the secretary of state. Two more copies went to uh, the uh, president of the Senate in Washington, who just happens to be Mike Pence. Another copy went to the federal judge overseeing the whole process in Columbus. And so they voted six times. In the good old days, before the days of emails, uh, there would be a horse that would take those pieces of paper from Columbus to Washington. And then uh, they're opened on uh, January the 6th uh, in the, uh, by Mike Pence. He opens up the votes from the 50 states in Washington, D.C. on pieces of paper, and he reads out what, what they say. Ohio voted 18 votes for Donald J. Trump. And then Michigan voted, uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head, I think about 14 electoral votes. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Michigan voted 14 votes. Give it to Joe Biden. California, 55. Florida's 29. So... And uh, New York's 29. So at the end of the day, they add them up on January the 6th. And that's the first time we truly have a president that has been elected. Because until the ballots are counted January the 6th in Washington by the president of the Senate, who by the Constitution is the vice president, that's Mike Pence, he actually announces who wins. And uh, according to media accounts, and the media is hardly ever wrong, it's going to be 306 votes for Biden and uh, significantly less for the Trumpster. And, that, and that's, how, that's how it works.
And uh, then we have a president-elect on January the 6th. Then two weeks later, guess what? We have the swearing in and away we go. So that, that explains briefly the Electoral College. There are electors who meet in state capitals, and December 14th, 15th, or 16th is designated by, by, the, by the chair in, uh, in Washington as to what date you're supposed to meet to get it all done at the same time. So sometimes it's the 15th. It's always like a Monday or Tuesday. It's never a Saturday or Sunday. And uh, that's the way it works. That's the way the system works, and away we go. If you have any questions on the Electoral College, I'm the guy to answer those questions. I was asked many years ago to become an elector for Bush uh, 43. I just said, no, I don't want to do it. It's a great honor, but I don't want to do it. And, and so it's simply, and every now and then, rarely you have a, you have a elector who doesn't follow it with the rules, who's disloyal. One of the electors in 2016 voted for John Kasich, who said he swore an affidavit that he would vote at the Electoral College, that he would vote for Donald J. Trump. When Bush came to shove, it might have been Colorado. He changed his mind and voted for John Kasich. And so there was an alternate elector there, and the college, uh, Colorado probably has about 10 or 12 electoral votes, uh, said that, uh, you know, we're going to uh, get rid of you and substitute. That case went all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court, and the U.S. Supreme Court ruled a year or two ago that uh, you don't have the right to change your vote that you can be substituted by the head of the uh, electoral college in your state. If you say, you know what, I'm, I'm voting for Daffy, uh, Daffy Duck or Donald Duck. I'm voting for Mickey Mouse. I'm voting for John Kasich, all similar. And uh, the court ruled, no, you can be substituted if you don't keep your word to vote who you say you're going to, who, who you're going to vote for. So uh, that, that's the name of that tune. If you have any questions about the electoral college, I'm the guy to, to, to ask that question. Because I understand the process and why it was there and how it works and why it's not going to change. Lastly, before I go to the calls, many have said, let's get rid of the Electoral College and have popular vote. Determine who is the president. Well, that America is not a democracy. America is a constitutional republic. The Constitution says how we vote. For that constitutional amendment to take place, it would take a vote of at least two-thirds of the House of Representatives. At least two-thirds of the senators would have to vote to change it, and then three-fourths of the states. There's no way on God's green earth the smaller states are going to vote to cut their own politically, their own throat, and get rid of the power they have in Washington, which means small states have two U.S. senators and large states have two U.S. senators because we are the United States of America. We're the states of America. See what I'm saying? That, you may talk about it, but that will never happen because that's not the way the country was formed. In the beginning, we uh, would not have had a country but for the fact that smaller states are treated fairly well in relationship to larger states because that, that they wouldn't have joined the country to begin with, except for the fact the Constitution gave them two U.S. senators. It was an imperfect document that the founders said in the future – let others adjust and change this to fit the, fit the needs of the people at that point to make it more fair. And so over time, there's been, I think, 27 constitutional amendments. The first 10 are the Bill of Rights giving individuals power against the, against the state, and, and the other 17 were, uh, you can read about them, but essentially they were amendments to the Constitution uh, involving things such as getting rid of slavery, due process rights, giving women the right to vote, 
at one point uh, banning alcohol, then another point reinstituting the use of alcohol. So only 17 times after the Bill of Rights were passed have we actually amended the Constitution. The ERA, Equal Rights Amendment, got close, I think one state short. But women's groups oppose the ERA because they wanted women to be having more rights in some case than a men. If the ERA passed, it would mean that women have the same rights of men. And no woman I know would like to be like a man. And so many of the so-called liberal groups said, now, wait a minute. We want to be treated like women instead of men. So the ERA on paper looked good, but it was never passed and it failed in the states. And you had like seven to ten years to get it all passed. We're all past that point. Now you understand. Any questions? 513-749-7000 or pound 700, the new AT&T. And uh, with everyone's permission, let's take some calls. Let's go to Seth in Cincinnati, then Matt in Fairfield, the home of the Indians, and Gary in Dayton, et cetera. Al Michaels, by the way, was voted as a Ford Frick winner to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Al Michaels. So we have Al Michaels in the Hall of Fame, Wade Hoyt in the Hall of Fame, Marty Brenahan in the Hall of Fame. And Joe Nuxall, perhaps the most popular of all, is not in the in the Baseball Hall of Fame when he obviously should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. But nonetheless, there's not always fairness in the land. There's an opportunity for fairness, but never actual fairness itself. So uh, away we go. And lastly, before I take some calls, something else has me all urinated off, and that is this uh, flap about Dr. Jill Biden. Uh, one would think by the media that when you're called a doctor— that you are, in a sense, a medical doctor. Well, that is not the case. Joe Biden uh, has a doctorate, a high level, in the field of education. And so I have a doctorate of laws. Uh, You could call me Dr. Bill Cunningham if you wanted. Sheriff, would you want to call me the doctor? He said no. But uh, because I have a doctorate, Joe Biden has a doctorate but she's not a medical doctor. So the Wall Street Journal had an opinion paper in which it was time for the media and others to quit calling Joe Biden a doctor because there's a perception she's a medical doctor. When she's not a medical doctor, she simply wants to be called doctor because, you know, she wants to be called doctor because she has a doctorate. There's thousands of doctorate degrees handed out in many academic disciplines every year. But rarely does someone insist insist upon being called a doctor when they're not a medical doctor. The perception is that Joe Biden is a medical doctor when she's not. She holds herself out as being a doctor when she isn't a doctor. So the campaign put out some stuff that uh, if by pointing this out, that is being misogynistic and sexist. You want to play the victim identity card quickly. And, And to give you an example, that Ben Carson who's a real pediatric surgeon, a pediatric brain surgeon, is Ben Carson. In the media, he's now head of uh, housing and urban development. And the media did not want to call him Dr. Ben Carson because the, the term doctor implies certain status, and the media wanted to attack Ben Carson, even though he's African-American. He's the wrong kind of African-American, according to the mainstream media. So they quit calling him Ben Carson Uh, Dr. Ben Carson, they kept calling him Ben Carson. Uh, He did not play the race card when obviously he's brilliant and he could. He's a black guy. He he said, well, call me whatever you want. But Joe Biden now is a case of the goo-goo because someone is questioning whether she should be called Dr. 
uh, Jill Biden when, in fact, she's not a medical doctor. So the, the race slash misogynistic slash sex card has been paid. Identity politics reigns supreme. All right, I'm done talking. Right after the break, we'll take some calls. Line becomes available. We got full lines, of course. We got Brian and Jerry and Matt and Seth, Gary and Beth, and many others calling. Let's take a break, then we continue. At your home of the Reds and the Bengals and more. News Radio 700, WLW. A lot of people are using the word sad to describe this year. You may be one of them. It's hard to remember life before masks and shutdowns and working from home. Great, how are you? <laughs> You're looking good. I want to probe your mind in three or four areas of life. Are you prepared? <laughs> sure. Far away. <laughs> Number one, the Electoral College voted today in Ohio to give uh, Donald J. Trump 18 electoral votes, 16 representing one vote in each congressional district, and the other two being U.S. senators, a total of 18. How many Americans understand the purpose and what happened today with the Electoral College? I would say 5% of people understand the Electoral College. But if you live anywhere but a big city, especially a big city on the coast, you should thank God there's Electoral College. That means your state, your suburbs, your community that is in essentially flyover country will actually have representation in our government. Without the Electoral College, no president would ever go out and campaign in any place other than California, Texas, New York, and maybe Florida, everybody else would be forgotten because the demographics and the large amount of population in those cities would control everything they do. Every policy that was made would go to favor them versus the vast middle of the country that uh, most of us live in. But for the Electoral College, we wouldn't have a country in the first place because in 1787, the five or six small states said, wait a minute, we're happy where we are, an independent country in a sense. We're not going to join this new thing called the United States unless we have rights against the majority, majority rule with minority rights. And that's why North Dakota, South Dakota, Vermont, uh, Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, uh, and uh, Idaho all have two U.S. senators, as does California, Texas, Florida, and New York. They also have two U.S. senators. And it gives rights to the smaller states. But it also recognizes, because the Electoral College is largely based upon congressional districts, that if you're a large state like like uh, California has 53 congressional districts, mm-hmm. Ohio has 16. And so ele- electoral votes, California has 55, and Ohio has 18. And so it recognizes, in a sense, that the larger states have more people living there. However, Vermont has three electoral votes, which equals one U.S. House of Representatives and two U.S. Senators, and uh, by itself, Hamilton County is larger than Vermont. Hamilton County is larger than the state of Wyoming. But what it recognizes, United States. So today's the day in Columbus, in in Ohio, where you got together, and because the Secretary of State said that uh, Trump won the popular vote, he designated the 18 electors picked by Trump to meet today to vote for him. That's it. Well, exa- yeah, exa- and that was the brilliance is you have it both ways. You have the Senate, which is everybody has the equal two 
amount of, of votes, right, for the senators. And then the House of Representatives is the compromise on the other side of, okay, well, maybe we're a city that is more populated, a state that is more populated, excuse me, you get more votes there. But I, I, I think it was a not perfect, but in my opinion, the best system that could possibly be devised, especially way back in 1789. And they said we're working toward a more perfect union and for justice. And it's said because of the brilliance of the amendment process that if this is not complete, if we miss something, there's an amendment process. We have 27 constitutional amendments, 10 were the Bill of Rights, 17 elected put together after 1789. And there's a way of amending this thing. It's a more perfect union, and future generations can vote to decide to add other rights not delineated herein, and that's called the amendment process. Now, secondly, I had on your good friend Mike DeWine. I had some callers earlier today that said DeWine needs to be impeached. And I thought, my God, (laughs) we got enough problems in this state. We don't have to go through that. But I asked him about uh, Tier 1, Tier 2, and Tier 3. And he said Tier 1 which consists of about uh, 375,000 people are those who work and are in nursing homes. And I said to him, what if you're in a nursing home and you're a resident therein and you don't want to be vaccinated because there is a minority viewpoint that these, uh, that these messenger RNA vaccines are going to have long-term negative consequences, such as autoimmune disorders, multiple sclerosis, according to some, et cetera, which have not been proven. We don't know what the hell is going to happen with a messenger RNA. And I said, can you be 87 years old in a nursing home, completely mentally cognizant about what's going on, and say, no, I don't want to do it? He said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I said, what if you're an employee? He said, that's an employment contract issue. And I'm going to have on an employment lawyer tomorrow, I believe, Randy Freaking, to talk about this. What happens if you work in a nursing home and you have an objection to getting the uh, Moderna or the Pfizer? Is that okay? And the answer generally is no. You can be fired for not getting a vaccine. Yeah, well, and we're actually going to cover that here at 3 o'clock. We've got a lawyer, uh, Quentin Brogdon, is going to join us to talk about that very thing, which is what's it going to look like? What's the landscape of businesses are they going to force employees to take it? Um, I have to imagine certain areas of the country that's going to go over well and certain areas of the not country good. it's not going to go over very well at all. But uh, by the way, on the point of the vaccines, did you see this? I got this article here. Um, Surgeon General, the uh, Jerome Adams, he comes out yesterday and says that the, the, the Pfizer vaccine in, in particular protects people against severe disease, but not from getting infected. He's saying that even after the getting right. the vaccine, we will likely have to wear masks, which I say, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> well, Isn't that why we're getting the vaccine? So we don't have to walk around like idiots with masks on and stuff and dehumanize ourselves? Isn't that why we're doing this? The, le- the level of infection you can have, uh, it, at some level, it has consequences for your body. But I talked to a good friend of mine who had COVID-19, had no symptoms whatsoever, and he still tests positive because there's dead fragments of COVID-19 in your larynx or in your mucous membrane that you're expelled. And so the test will say he's positive when really you're not positive, you're negative. I had a, and how, it was about a 40% false positive uh, rate. And so it, it is not much of a science. So if we can't, if we can't trust the test, why should we trust the vaccine? 
It's exactly right. I mean, you know, it hasn't been out that long. And, and when, when the CDC does a study and it says 40% of healthcare workers say they won't take it, well, you're a smart guy and I'm a dumb guy, but I have to imagine a healthcare worker knows more about mRNA vaccines and the like, more, more so than you or I do, right? And they're not taking it. So uh, where does that leave us? It'd be one thing if it's 95% of healthcare workers say, yeah, this is perfectly fine. But when 40% say they're questioning this, thing i think it's only right that we the people question well, well we have the right to say yes or no what if iHeartMedia media says because we've had minor not much but a minor outbreak here very minor but nonetheless it exists in almost every business if a business said to work here you're going to have to e- either test negative on a regular basis or get the vaccine and last night and today i had on jay ratliff there's airlines that, that are going to say soon to get on the plane you're going to have to have a, a stamp, a letter, something on your iPhone or whatever it might be saying that you're clear, that you've taken the vaccine. Now, right. that's almost like show me your papers. Where are you from? Is that and you travel a lot. What's going to happen if you have uh, don't you elect not to do it because you're not at risk? You're 40 years old. You're healthy. And you're, you've told me that I don't know if I'm going to do it or not. I'm going to wait to see what happens. But what if they won't let you on a Delta plane? Then what do you do? That's an issue. It depends on how badly do you want to fly, how badly do you want to work. Uh, but that's that's going to cause a lot of problems because, to your point, there's while this disease, uh, this virus is vicious, it's affected tons and tons of people, there's a lot of people that haven't been affected by it. So they're going to say, well, why should I take a vaccine for something that is, in all the, you know, the reports that are out there, basically gives you low-level COVID symptoms, right? You're tired, you got a bad headache, you got to go through some things, and plus you got to get a second dose of it. Why, why should I do that when, with, with, with doing nothing, I, I remain perfectly fine? I think that's where a lot of people are going to be in that boat. Well, the Jerusalem Post, if you go, and I've Googled it before, that uh, less than half of Israelis intend on getting the vaccine, there's a minority viewpoint. And it is minority viewpoint that says mm-hmm. we're not sure long term what happens to the messenger RNA and the fragments left behind. And this article talks about multiple sclerosis, autoimmune disorders, because it changes, in a sense, the proteins on DNA strands. And, and, and does that mean that you're less uh, resistant to these other conditions in 5, 10, 15 years? And the answer is, you know, we don't know. And right. so, and, I, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Go so, ahead. if you don't know, and if you're not at risk, why get it at all unless you're required to do so or coerced to do so? Yeah, look, I mean, there was, I was reading, I guess, uh, the, the HPV vaccine, which I guess is a, a kind of low level sexually transmitted disease. There's a vaccine for it now, but I think it, it, I've read that it causes problems with endometriosis and things like that in women, right? So it's like, okay, you get the benefit of that. But then it causes other problems elsewhere, which, you know, again, without much time to really look at this thing, that's uh, something that needs to be weighed. And we need information upon which we can base an informed decision. And there's such a feeling today, you must get it. Uh, If somebody would announce at Walgreens or CVS tomorrow, we have all the available vaccine that you would want. There'd be people lined up around the block and down the street to get that. It'd be packed and stacked. And so when I, when I said to Governor DeWine, I said, well, how do you know it's your turn to show up? And he said, we don't know yet because we're waiting for the CDC or the FDA to put out something to indicate 
This is how we go to tier two, tier, th- and that's not set up. I'm reading the story out of Jerusalem. Uh, uh, only one third of Israeli population made it clear that they are going to get the, the vaccine because of concerns about long-term consequences. And so if you're not at risk, why would you put something in your body that has not been researched 10 to 20 to 30 years from now that would have terrible consequences? In my case, I'm going to do it. I'm 73 mm-hmm. years old. And I've had a TAVR, transcatheter aortic valve replacement. And I talked to Karyak. He said, absolutely, you're one of the top tier because you fit the category. Rocky Boyman is like 33 years younger. Rocky Boyman is probably healthier. Rocky Boyman, you're in the uh, July and August of your years. I'm kind of in the November of my years. I'm in a different category. I'm going to get it. But why, why would somebody 25 to 35 years old in good health stand in line to get something which we don't know the long-term consequences. Can you? Why would somebody do that? They they don't look. America just seems to work better, Willie, when we get the the freedom to choose what's best for us in our situation and our family. Whether it's a vaccine or uh, other you know laws and, and things that we're, we're look. If we can decide what's best for us, what's best for me, my situation, where I'm at in life, where my family's at. Okay, and you do you, I'll do me, and America seems to work fine when we base things around that premise. If someone Googles, could mRNA COVID-19 vaccines be dangerous in the long run? This is out of Jerusalem. It's dated November 17th of 2020 this year. It goes on to say that uh, phase one trial Moderna, the independent wrote about the vaccine and described it this way. It uses a sequence of genetic RNA material produced in a lab that when injected into your body must invade your cells, hijack your cells' protein-making machinery called robosomes to produce the viral components that subsequently train your immune system to fight. But uh, it went on to say that long-term, here it is, he acknowledged that this is the best doctors in the world. There are unique and unknown risks to messenger RNA vaccines, including local and systemic inflammatory responses that could lead to autoimmune conditions. Among those conditions are multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, and other conditions. Uh, I'm reading this going, well, uh, what does Rocky Boyman do? Yeah, I I just hope I I get the choice to do that, and I'm still looking into it, and I very well might take it, but I very well might not take it. it, Look, if if the reports come out that the vaccine is affecting people and and they're getting sick and they're getting headaches and they're having all these symptoms when without getting the vaccine, I'm having none of that. And a lot of people are probably in that same boat. Why, why should I be forced to, to get it? Let especially people, if you want to get it, get it. Get it. Right. And yeah. a guy like me, I'm going to get it. guy like Correct. you, I don't know. If I, if I had your decision, I'd look at my wife, look at my three boys, and saying, am I going to give that to my children? you got right. three boys going to live, hopefully, into the 22nd century. And are you going to say to them, you know what, I'm going to, much like the HPV, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to put this in your body when you're seven years old in order to go to yeah. school. I'm going to do that. Are you going to? When, yeah, when they're going to go to school anyway and largely be unaffected by it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. By the way, how much news do you get from the Jerusalem Times? That's like your eighth article. <laughs> I, uh, I read a bunch of stuff, and this is the Jerusalem Post. You got the uh, mega subscription to the to the uh, Jerusalem Times, Willie. <laughs> Dr. Broch added that the Israel and the world should be cautious about any of the vaccines until the final results of all phase three trials are completed and many years have passed. And I'm thinking, many years? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I don't know about many years. All right, Rock, what else do you have on today at 3 o'clock? 
So yeah, again, we got um, Quentin Brogdon. We're going to talk about the, again what, what's the what legally what can they do? From my understanding, my research, uh, there's a early ni- in the 1900s, 1905, a Supreme Court case that would allow the government to mandate that you can take. Uh, they have to force you to get you know, everyone to get the vaccine. We're going to talk about that, how that applies to both the government and your rights, but also uh, to private businesses as well. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, traveling nurses. Right now, that is a hot field. Traveling nurses can make up to $8,000 a week. The best ones mm. are flying all over the country. And, oh. you know, it's kind of like anything. You know, a, a place uh, you're having a bunch of trouble with COVID, you want the best of the best. Well, you know, you go get that nurse, you go get that nurse. So a lot of them are making a lot of money doing that. We're going to talk to uh, Dave Lapham about the Bengals for a little bit. We're going to talk about your Cleveland Indians changing their name. Um, and many, we're going to talk. Did you see the Florida LSU game? Did you see the kid yes. throw the shoe and yes. cost his team Number not three. only the game, but uh, the college Everything. football playoff berth potentially? I don't <sighs> like that. Well, Rock, we got to go. Good luck after three with Eddie, and uh, we'll do it again. Thank you, my, thank you, my buddy. Thank you. Well, you're the man. Thanks. Let's continue with more. If a line becomes available, you know the routine. Bill Cunningham giving you options on News Radio 700 WLW. Rocky Boyman and Lance McAllister have all the who day you can handle during the roundtable show. Tonight at 6 on 700 WLW. The whole- Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.